Welcome to the Shifties podcast. Here with me, Alex Hughes, entrepreneur and the founder of Shifties, the micro business owners community. In this series, we're going through the Shifties success stories. So you're going to hear from some of the members of our community, their stories, how they got into business, their niches, what they're working on, some of the insights into their worlds. And it's, it's a fascinating way to learn because everyone has their own journey. There is no linear process when it comes to business. And it's our unique experiences that shape our understanding of entrepreneurship. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, please do not forget to hit subscribe, follow, and um, share the episode if you've enjoyed it. And don't forget also to sign up to our website, www.shifties.co.uk, where you can join the community for free and you'll get your weekly email uh, with everything that's going on in our community. Okay, I'd like to welcome James Hume to the podcast. Welcome, my man. Hello, hi, welcome. I love how you just measured your face to the mic with yeah. your hand. That's I a, hear that's that, a thing. It's a yeah, thing, apparently. Well, I'm just, I've just learned it in the moment you just did it. And I, and I remember listening back to one of the others, and you kept having to get the levels right. I was like, I'm not going to be that person. I'm gonna- <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's appreciated, man. It's appreciated. No, thank you for joining us. And oh, what an amazing experience to actually meet you in person. I know, yeah. It's- which is so weird, because I feel like I, I know you. I yeah. do know you. Yeah, yeah, but not in the physical form. No, it's it's weird. And I've been aware of you, and then got to know you over the last couple of years more, but never quite made it to come in to meet you. Yeah. Like, I know people through like Joe Glover mm-hmm. and Jemima, yeah. and, and like I know of you, and have, these people know you well and have met you, and yeah. but never quite. And you still haven't been put off by that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I could have maybe been here six months sooner. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. No, I really appreciate you coming in. It's it makes a world of difference being here in person. It does, yeah, especially for uh, these kind of discussions. It, it does, but equally, you can do a lot remote. And I yeah. worked remote for a while, and I still work remote. Yeah. And with the right mindset, you can you can do a lot remotely. And yeah. it's and it's not for everybody, but I've I've found a way for it to work, yeah. and I stayed on to make it work in, in scenarios you were ahead of the curve really yeah yeah i was working from home for a couple of years um before everyone got pushed to work from home so i remember having this conversation i think it was early pandemic you're like well nothing's really changed for me yeah i still haven't left my shed yes it's, it was a <laughs> bit like that and um you know just live in a little bubble of the village and has that been a, a benefit to you do you think in terms of how you've maintained that mindset because you're such a yeah, you know, you're such a positive guy. You, you know, you're always you you always bring your energy to everything and anything. You know, I, I've got pictures of you dancing around your kitchen at Cambridge Social Media yeah, Day, and, yeah. and I just you know because just is that because you're just used to engaging online in that way? I, th- I think I am. I do like a dance. Um, I'm I'm scared to think what may happen if I come to these uh, end of month gatherings. Oh, yeah. um, but. I, I enjoy what I do and I get passionate about talking about what I do and engaging with people about it. Yeah. You know, even even in the taxi ride over here, I, I start giving business advice to this guy. It's like, well, if you ran some Google ads, you know, you could target, you know, <laughs> Cambridge to Stansted Airport and you could do this and you should focus on that. And I just, it just gets me going. I like, I like talking about it. It's been me for the last 12 plus years or so doing digital marketing and it's, it's who I am now and it's, that's powerful, man. That's yeah. nice. That's a when you when you when you get to a stage of alignment like that with this is this is the whole ikigai thing, right? Mm. You know, when you get to that kind of alignment to like this is what I love doing, yeah. and I get to meet people, and I get to make friends, and I get to make money. What? Yeah. This is this is it. And even is that more, how you feel? Yeah, and even more so. Like, take this this taxi driver. Like, he's employing like four people. If I Manage to give him some marketing advice that means he can keep giving them shifts, keep giving them work. Yeah. Wow, that's a difference I've made. Yeah. That's not just me making a bit of money, giving some advice, him not spending as much on you know the social medias or the search engine on his ads. That's employing people. That's keeping people in jobs through the power of marketing. And I've seen it work, be it for my clients or when I've worked in agencies and stuff in the past. Yeah. Man, it can make it can make a difference. It really yeah. can. And, uh, and especially the last year, obviously. I mean, I don't know if you've seen it yet. The Ofcom report. When we we're recording this, the Ofcom reports were released this morning. Um, I think the UK leads the the way, and uh, I think they have an hour more on average on digital devices than mm. any other country. So I think the average is three and a half hours a day. Wow. 
wow. that people in the UK yeah. are spending on their phone. So, you know, we've realized that. I mean, we, well, that's not new to us. We knew yeah. that was coming anyway. Yeah. But this all being accelerated, I mean, you must have been a very busy, busy man this last year with, with, with the work that you've done leading into the pandemic and your constant championing of the word around digital marketing and the, as you say there, the impact having that knowledge, implementing those strategies and getting the benefit from has in our economy is, is huge. So now you get to, now everyone's talking about it and you're like, well, I've been talking about it for ages. And I, I remember listening to um, a podcast you were on. I think it was a, maybe it was the Cambridge University. Uh, or Cambridge Marketing College. Cambridge yeah, Mar yeah. yeah and, I, and I remember listening to you there and you were so passionate about the subject. It was phenomenal. And now you've got your own podcast. Yeah, it's kind of called like a beta test podcast. Okay, I, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So what's the vision behind that? What's the it, was, it was to get myself to put content out into the world. It was, it was right, every day, live, for two weeks, five o'clock, I was going to put content out on this live podcasting platform nice. to hold myself accountable and put, and sh I guess to be not selfish and share this this knowledge and yeah that was a test i enjoyed doing it and i'm, I'm now going to find ways to how am i going to do this in the future am i going to do more content for myself am i going to interview people um i'm just experimenting i i think as someone i mean i've got dyslexia so like right. writing is not easy for me but it gives me other superpowers which a client highlighted to me the other week mm -hmm. so putting when i gave this test of doing a podcast and I was just like oh that was that was that I've done half an hour and I've wow that's quite a bit of content I could do a lot of that if I want you know okay maybe I'm talking into the void in this particular yeah. beta test of this podcast because I haven't promoted it as hard as I knew I could have yeah. but it's like it just flicked something in my head it's just like why are you fighting an uphill battle mm -hmm. trying to do things that aren't right for you do things that are going to work for you and you enjoy doing or easier for you to do. So yeah, that's, that's you can why maintain I, it and I can well. maintain it. There was, and I think that accountability with myself to do it for that period of time and show up worked. I now need to, you know, my priorities, my clients equally mm -hmm. generating business for myself. I just need to work out what this cadence and what the plan is to go forward in terms of that. But showing up here and taking opportunities like this to, you know, speak to newer audiences, share a bit of knowledge and engage with communities I'm passionate about engaging with seems like a logical it does, step as it? well. I mean, this is the thing. Like, so interesting. I, I can't read or write. Like, I can't, um, I'm the same. I don't know. I don't never had a diagnosis yeah. for ADHD or anything like that, but I've got my own theories. I don't need a doctor to tell me. Yeah. But I know that that's not for me. So, you know, I can't, so whereas Christine's a journaler, so she processes her thoughts through journaling. Mm. Um, I can't do that because I can only get like four words on a line. Yeah. I could do it, but I need a lot of pads. Um, and I vlog. I privately vlog yeah. to myself. Yeah. Um, and through voice, through just that exploration of conversation, whether that be with myself or with someone else, I find it really therapeutic. Yes, ideally it serves a wider purpose like this. And hopefully, you know, some young entrepreneurs are listening to this or yeah. other members of the community can learn from our conversations. And as you say, it's a great exposure point for, for you and your business as well. So it's a lots of win, 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 but it's so accessible. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've got our, you know, we've got a soundboard over here, yeah. got two mics, camera rolling, we're going. Yeah. And that's so refreshing that we have that as an option as entrepreneurs, yeah. isn't it? I did mine with a, 16 pound lapel mic from Amazon. Well, there you go. You know, it's, and it did, it was fine. The audio quality was fine. And if you take things like the clubhouses, the Twitter spaces mm. of the world, where the expectation of the audio quality and another tool, um, uh, oh, I've forgotten the name of it anyway. Stereo? Yeah. Uh, no, um, Racket, Racket, made by the same people. So I was doing my podcasting uh, on Capiche yeah. FM and they've, they've pivoted and they've done this new one called Racket, which I've heard is, this. Um, and it's, Again, the expectation of the audio quality is raw, unedited, potentially on your mobile phone, just talking down a phone line. Barriers, like smashing barriers to, yeah. to putting audio content out there. It really is. It's come back to the pure, I want to connect with other people. Yeah. I want to connect either my message or my product with other people. That's what it is. And it's, it's, such, it's a beautiful way to do that through voice. And I think when I discovered, so back 
when I, th- I finished university, I did my internet computing degree and I was like, right, well, I want to work with the internet and something <laughs> or other. When and was I, this? What, what year was that? Uh, 2008, right, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah, 2008. Yeah. And then the economy crashes. Mm. Um, but, you know, I got tech background and I, I, I find this job to do with Google ads. Um, at an agency, have you ever considered kind of running ads on Google? I'm like, no, what's that? I'll go have a look. Okay, it's like it feels like stock market bidding and stuff, and a bit of marketing and websites. Yeah. Even more so, the accessibility on this trend of like podcasts. Like, so you, you can only do ninety characters of text. Okay, as a dyslexic, you're like, so I've only got to write a couple of sentences for an ad. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, I nice. can do that. Yeah. That's not too hard. Yeah, and it's kind of it's finding your space. Finding your space. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, that's um, nice. That's nice. And that blend of tech and numbers and a small amount of ad copy. You just got yourself a business. I got got myself a job and then running a department, growing loads of internal products and all that stuff. You know, it, it never looked back. Haven't looked back. That's amazing. So where? Do, so let's take take us on that journey. Um, take us on the journey of. Okay, so you studied university. That choice was made. At that point. So how did you get from there to I now work for an agency and then from there to I want to specialise in what you specialise in now? Yeah, sure. And I think it started a bit before that as well in terms of that the, the passion to want to have my own business. Because yeah. at school, you know, I was part of the, um, you know, while well, studying business, business studies, you know, how do you do an invoice? How do you do a packing note? You know, yeah. kind of useful. Um, it was... But I was interested in business. The administration of business is what you were learning. Exactly. Yeah. And then eventually you do a bit of business and economics. You know, okay, supply, demand, great, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did the Young Enterprise Scheme as well, which was, you know, you, you literally start off a business, you go down to the bank and open a bank account, you know, and I'm, I think I was kind of co-CEO, you'd call it, or co-managing director, me and my best friend, nice. and our team of merry six formers, mm-hmm. um, you know, selling T-shirts and, you know, I built the e-commerce website to sell the T-shirts. Wow. Whether we actually sold anything on the website, I don't know. But, you know, I was setting up the databases and making product pages. And wow. All the- How old were you then? Um, what, six forms, so 17, 18. Wow. What, amazing, what an amazing exposure point to entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I think before that, you know, you'd go to, well, I say you'd go to, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's not, it's not for everybody, but I'd be at school. It's like... Okay, you know, he's like the sugar in the straws, you know, like yeah. the, the, the sherbet straws. Yeah, 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 the one penny ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. buy a hundred of those, yeah. sell them for 2p, 10p at lunchtime, kind of. Nice. I'm sure I did a bit of that. I remember having lots of sherbet straws and not eating them all myself. <laughs> so I must have been a bit entrepreneurial at some point in high school. Nice. It's, where, know, where do you think that, was, was that a drive towards wanting money? Was it a drive towards wanting attention? What, what was driving you to do that? I really don't know. So no. long ago, no. I really don't know. I yeah. think I think it was just an opportunity of there's demand for these. I'm going past the corner shop anyway. Makes sense. It's probably that. It was such a long Serving time. Serving others. Yeah, maybe. Just being a bit, maybe a bit of a rebel. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's good, right? Maybe. That's that's. I mean, you know, that's what you, what you started saying. You were talking about now, and you were talking about you know. Wanting to serve others, build community, build network, build opportunity. Yeah. Well, you were doing it then. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I was. And it's it's that kind of, I don't know, it's just it always, you had, the, had this vision like when I see other people running businesses, people like, you know, people like Richard Branson, you know, when I knew, found out he was dyslexic and what he's achieved, you know, that's inspiring, yeah. you know. And then when you find out more people are dyslexic and run businesses, like maybe, maybe. Maybe I should do that. Maybe that is for me. If these other people can do it, then maybe I should. And and then, like you said, I, I go off to uni. I study my computing because, hey, well, internet computing because I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. No, no. Do I want to be a web developer? Do I want to be a system admin? I went into IT You've for the same reason. Yeah. Same reason. Yeah, same reason, man. And you know, my dad was in in tech. He was you know in BT. So. I was exposed to a bit of tech. Yeah, you know, yeah. He was more project management, you know, but maybe we had a computer sooner than others would, mm-hmm. but not much. You know, okay, we had a modem. Maybe other people didn't have internet until a, a year later or whatever. You know, we're just a slightly a bit ahead, but it was enough to make me want to be in tech and want to make websites or mm-hmm. mess around with that kind of thing, but not quite knowing what and not wanting to pigeon my whole... And not caring myself. what at no. the time. No, because I, I remember being that similar sort of age, 
not really worrying about that. I was just yeah. like, I just like pulling things apart and putting them back together or um, problem solving yeah. or you know, troubleshooting, all of that side of which tech gives you exposure to. Yeah. And I still love doing that today with, with marketing, I guess. It's yeah. why is this working or not working? How can we fix it or do more of the same? It's, yeah, it's, it's very similar. And I, like I said, I came out of uni and got the word internet and computing and sticking your CV in your and CV. You know you're an agency. Before you know it, someone's <laughs> finding your CV or monster and saying, hey, have you heard of Google ads? Um, so then, yeah, I worked at that marketing agency for, for six years or so. Oh, wow. Local? Uh, Newmarket. Newmarket okay, way. Yeah, nice. um, you know, we had like, they had a comparison website for kind of home improvements as well. So it's kind of like marketing agency come comparison entrepreneurial website. Entrepreneurial marketing agency. Oh, really entrepreneurial. Uh, yeah, I can't thank Oliver Loveridge enough for being exposed to all of that and the opportunities to grow within that business. So how, how big were they when you, how many members of a team? So when I joined, you know, there'd be four marketers, maybe eight or so on the phone and then yeah. two or three supporting admin and the directors and stuff. So it was a, it was a micro business. It yeah, was it was a, a proper yeah, micro business. Yeah. And then, you know, at some points, you know, when we grew things, there was a call center of 25 people. Wow. Uh, you know, Maybe even, maybe even forty at one point. I remember that when we moved in another building, there was two floors of yeah. call centers and staff. And you know, he was yeah, he's a an entrepreneurial boss, and you know, drive for, for growth and looking at opportunities. And you know, so you know that we grew internal products. Some of those we I you know I helped launch into like eleven countries. Wow. Um, you know, building a marketing team. I mean, could you have asked for a better exposure to to business and life? Because they're your clients as well, aren't they? The, the, this business that you're working in now, or at that time, if you put your hat of now on, they're the sort of size businesses that you would be working with. So it, it gave you exposure to how they operate, what problems they have, what challenges they have. Yeah, yeah, being inside it and given and just given the responsibility to get on and do stuff, and yeah. and it, you know, it was great because when you're in a business that size. You can't hide. You, no. you have to get on. We're all Swiss Army knives. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I was IT manager, come yeah. marketing manager yeah, yeah, at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it was maybe two months before I left. I managed to employ someone to take on the IT stuff. You know, um, but you know, growing a little a little agency team in there at some point. I think we got to about about eight, seven or eight people. Wow, nice. While I was there, looking after that side of the business, uh, which was great, getting to employ these juniors, train them up how to run Google ad campaigns yeah. or, you know, getting my other more senior colleagues to train them up and kind of all working cohesively as a team. It was, it was good. It was fantastic. Good fantastic. So then why leave? Why, when, why, why leave this wonderful life of, uh, when you, when you've launched, agency? when you've launched something 11 times and you've yeah. got the process down, mm -hmm. it starts to look easy. Yeah. And I wanted, I wanted a challenge. I was we're close to Cambridge. We were in new market. I was like, I want to go work for tech in Cambridge. Like okay. I want to go want I want to go work for tech. I want to go it's on my doorstep. There's all these techie companies in Cambridge. Yeah. Let's go see what it's like to work in-house. To is have the, that is the grass greener. Is the grass greener? You know, is it I've been in this hybrid agency in-house model. What's it like to be truly in-house to have that dedicated time to say right, my true focus is on these one or two products for this one business. With this one marketing budget, what can I achieve if I'm in house and that's what I'm left to do? Yeah. Rather How was than, that? Oh, it was great. It was a great okay. team. I learned. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, I'm still, I still, I'm still in contact with some of them. Oh, it's nice. they, they one. It was a fantastic company, and two, like the marketing team was a really strong marketing team. And I'd come from my agency side where we'd kind of learn what we'd learn, but then to go in under like a, a, a VP of marketing level, global VP of marketing level kind of person, mm. other senior marketers who are well-versed in their individual aspects of marketing. To be part of a team like that, it was like, I was just a sponge. Like yeah, I was man. there to do my job and be the expert in what I did. But man, it was great to be a sponge and to be invested in, you know, to be sent off on two days of training to use yeah. you know, expensive enterprise software and things like that. It was, yeah. You took a very, very, um, what would look like on a CV or a timeline, a really sensible route to where you are now mm. because you got 
the right exposure from the the hustle and the hard work required in a startup to be a Swiss Army knife and yeah. be useful and and just do stuff and stuff happens, yeah. which is and scale things yeah. from going from a stage yeah. of that agency where it's like okay, we're small, let's be efficient, let's buy cheap office chairs, or let's you know be yeah. savvy to a stage of no, we need to we need to grow now, like oh, get more people now, get more things live. Yeah. They're seeing that growth and helping with that growth. So it's exciting, isn't it? It is, and you want you want it for yourself sometimes, and yeah. but equally you want to be exposed to the opportunities on your doorstep in Cambridge. No, it's important. I mean, I, I, I did a VIP um, support role for a little while mm. um, for in Cambridge on a science park for a, a global pharmaceutical company. Yeah, and I got to sit. It was the most, but again, on paper. Most boring job in the world. Right. I'd sit in the corner of the room in case the printer went wrong or something, you know, like nothing ever went wrong. Right. But I got to sit and listen to um, the CEO of this global, global pharmaceutical organization and all of the different uh, MDs from around the world coming by and pitching for budget or asking for yeah. asking questions or challenges and just watching the leadership team kind of the, the leader in question, the person who was really in charge, the CEO – Looking, looking right, looking left, looking at his advisors, and then just it was coming to him, and he was just, "This is what you need to do." Yeah. And I remember after those sessions, after these big long board meetings that went on for like five days, in between, I would ask questions. I'm saying, I was just, I just, I made a whole career out of just asking stupid questions. Yeah. How did you come to that decision? You know, what did you? How do you prepare for the meeting? I, and there was one guy who was really intense, Spanish guy, right? Really, really intense. Before every meeting, because I was always there an hour before, he would be there, headphones in, and he would just be pacing and talking to himself. He was like right. affirmations and like really pumping yeah. himself up for the day ahead sort of yeah. thing. And I just used to watch in fascination because I was a young guy just kind of like you know, watching this, watching the, the, these, just how high performers perform yeah. essentially and yeah. getting a chance to question that. You wouldn't normally get that kind of exposure. So yeah. it, it's... I think it's a fundamental part of our growth to seek out other people and support. So, you know, yeah. do you, do you take that as mentorship? Do you take that as um, you know, training? Whatever you label it as, you need that element in your growth, right? Because I, you, you I must be so. in a much better position with your business now as a direct result of those experiences. Yeah, I think if I'd come straight out of uni and tried to do my own thing, it would look very different. Yeah. I don't know what that different would look like right now. No. But it'd definitely be different. And and seeing things like you say, like being on a call of fifty people and there's a you know, a global CEO running that call to get things moving forward, and I'm just a listener in, it's just like this doesn't happen often. This is this is really useful to yeah. see how someone operates at that level and can get fifty people, tech, marketing, all sorts of disciplines, sales, mm. all moving forward. It's like Okay, this is interesting. This is interesting. <laughs> this is you know because you work in a big corporate company and you see the CEO might do their quarterly announcement statements. Yeah. You might see the emails, but like I say, it's those top VPs or directors that probably work directly with them. Yeah. So to get that exposure, even on a couple of phone calls of how they ran a phone call yeah. for a remote global company was just was yeah that pretty enlightening. That was really enlightening. And and also being part of a team that was you know there was camaraderie there was um, you know people who were generally interested in what everyone else was doing yeah. um, and and when it was Kerio you know it was like a hundred and twenty people that's the right size of business yeah. to get to still have access to everybody in the business but of a certain scale that needs to operate in a certain way yeah. so I think I chose right in that regard and where i went next you know i could have like you said gone to some giant pharmaceutical yeah. and been in a You're doing a very small cog in a massive system actually exactly. you still have that kind of yeah i like that okay interesting so how do you then go from there to i am now james hume and i am my own boss my own business yeah so Kerio got got purchased by a private equity company right. um a much bigger entity i join a bigger marketing team and um, we all worked remotely, and I did that for, for two years. Um, and then, then my role got made redundant. And the world just says, yeah, now it's time. What year was this? Well, this was two, two years ago. Two yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I've been doing this for two years. Wow. 
And you just, and the work, when that comes, you're just like, yep, now's the time. If I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? You've got family as well. Yeah, so. yeah. And my other half, she'd, she'd run her own business um, for a, part, a, a while in the past. And, we, and, and when we kind of jointly made that decision to do her stuff, it was like, yeah, if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? Let's just do it. What a lovely, what a lovely support mechanism to have at home because not everyone has that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that. And and then when it came, like my, my turn, mm. should say, yeah, it's just like, got to give us a go. If it works in six months, a year, might, might not. Yeah. You know, and even even until like I hit the two year mark, I was still like, yeah, you're just winging this. It's but you know that was a crucial moment. Yeah, and I think I've heard. I love. I love the phrase, and I've really taken it to heart. When you said the first two years of business are like the chaos years. Yeah, absolutely. And then that when I heard you say that, it kind of my shoulder was just like, oh, yeah, I don't need to. You can't do anything wrong. You can't do anything wrong. Yeah. You do something right, great. Yeah, it's it. It's lessons, lessons, lessons. Yeah. expand your network. Yeah, and which you you've done because and I've seen the way again. I've seen the way you operate in the community, not just our community. But other communities like the marketing meetup. Oh, you know. I was so fortunate. <coughs> I'd I'd found the marketing meetup before I even knew I was leaving or any or starting my business. Yeah. Just happened to be working in Cambridge, like happening in Cambridge at the same time. Yeah. And I was like, went to a couple of those. I was like, yeah, this is my crowd. I like phenomenal um, events. Yeah, I, I love how he hosts those. Oh, Joe Glo- and Joe Glover is such a supportive yeah. person. I've. I've had to send him thank you cards because he's just been too, <laughs> too, too kind nice. uh, and and helpful and everything. Positively lovely. He lives it. He breathes it. <laughs> it's sickening, <laughs> but he, it is him. Um, but he, he's he's doing great. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's you know I think that's been running a similar amount of time. And there's a few other people who started businesses the similar amount of time as me. Yeah. But I'm really really conscious to not. Compare like comparison, mm. as they say, is the thief of joy. Yeah, absolutely, the thief yeah. of joy. Like, yeah. I'm I'm doing it my way, and then like uh, there was a point, it must have been like a year in, year and a half in. I look back at my numbers and it's just like, oh, and then I remembered, yeah, James, but you've got a toddler, you're working part time, like you're literally working part time. And you look at that number again, you go, that's right for a part time, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's perspective. It really is important. And yeah. I, I think when moments like that have hit me, yeah. you're just like, yeah, one, I can't do anything wrong. It's two years in. And two, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's quite refreshing. When yeah. You know what? I heard um, so Freelance Heroes Day a few years ago. Annie mm. Brown, who founded Freelance Heroes with Ed. Right. Um, she was on stage. She's a VA. She's a wonderful lady. And she stood on the stage and she said, and I'll never forget it, um, I am the most successful person in the room. So she said. And everyone was like, oh, well. Have a word, you know. Have a oh, who's this? Who's this? Yeah. And she said, "Well, I defined that me myself as a mum. I wanted to build a business that would enable me to be around my family, to never miss a play, never miss anything, but have my own independence. Build, you know, build this this service essentially, and serve my clients in the way that I want to do. And I sat down the other week and I had a look at what I was doing, and I've achieved everything. So therefore, I am the most successful person in my life. Yeah." And I think that's such a powerful thing, and it's so important because there's no, there is no comparison. No. There literally is no comparison no. because you, your situation is your situation, and your yeah. perspective is your perspective. Yeah. And if you're happy, then that's all that really matters, right? And that yeah. should be the only measure. And I, it's, it's the word, the word wealth needs redefining. Yeah. You know, it's not a financial thing. It's not even just a time thing. It's, it's how do you feel today about yeah. you and those around you? And I think that's. Yeah. Wonderful that you realise that for yourself. It, you have to. Like, otherwise, I could sit here and go, "Oh, my former colleague, he's got his tens of thousands, maybe even millions of investment from Google Ventures for his tech startup." Oh, I'm not him. Mm. I have literally got. I used to like work with someone, and he has got wow. funding from Google Ventures. Fantastic. And running, and it's like if I sit here and compare myself to him and his journey, yeah. God, that's not going to be good on my soul and my mentality at but all. But you didn't aim for that. I didn't though. aim for that. Yeah, exactly. I'm not building the same thing. I didn't take the same path he took. No. But if I look at what I'm doing and the progress I'm making on my terms. Yeah. You're making exactly the impact that you'd hope would. You yeah, would, exactly. If not more. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So what is it that you love about what you do? What is it exactly now? Because you've been doing this for a long time now. You've got a lot of experience. You know, you're the digital ally, right? That's what we talked about before. And, 
um, whenever I think of ads, I think of James. Yeah. So, you know, you very much established yourself as this person. You've embraced it as part of you and part of your life and part of your being. So what is it that you act, what, what, what elements of it now, now you're running it as a, as a service, you sell this thing. Yeah. What is it that you love about that? It's the, it's, the, it's the impact of creating jobs. Yeah. When I've got, have we businesses who have got physical locations and they open new ones or they employ more shift workers because they're busy because the marketing is doing it. It's that and, and the problem solving to get to that point. The, well, how, how do we grow 20, 30% this year? How do we fix the leaky bucket of the marketing system? Mm-hmm. What do we do next? It's the, it's the outcomes from solving those problems and the, the, the enjoyment of, of solving them themselves and the, doing that with ads and tech and just getting people not wasting money on ad networks. Because like, there's a lot of money to be wasted. There is. I can, I've, I've, I've gone into like new clients' accounts and within 15 minutes gone, here's how I save you 16% of your ad spend. And they're like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're... You're a Cambridge-based company and you're accidentally showing up for when people search for the university. <laughs> oh, wow. Or, yeah, you know, or par- departments <laughs> yeah, yeah, of the university. Yeah. It's just like, if we just say negative to the word university, that solves your problem. And it's, yeah, it's paid, paid, from, paid for your services yes. like immediately. That's the beauty of what you do because it's tangible. Yeah. So is, is everything, do you only get involved in digital aspects of marketing? Is that the only aspects you get involved in? Mostly, but I was having this. I imagine discussion. you blend in with you others. Do, you yeah. have to. I think marketing, market, paid ads won't fix a bad product, uh, the wrong price, or putting yourself in the wrong position. You know, so you have to. I think you have to, as a marketer, give feedback or flag issues or get involved to some extent. Yeah. Are you always the perfect person to solve those problems? No, you might need to call in other help, but you yeah. equally can't just sit there twiddling your thumbs and just right, okay, I'll just keep running the ads, but yeah. hey, you've got a different marketing problem here or a business problem. Yeah. And I, you know, I had, we had a problem with a client a few weeks back and, you know, I just started spitting out loads of ideas and they were just mm. like, wow, you've got loads of ideas. It's like, yeah, I can do ideas. It's implementing them, <laughs> which is your part, my part. Maybe we need yeah. other people to help us implement these. But I can come up with ideas all day long. Yeah. But it's, it's putting them into practice. It's, like, it's fun, isn't it? Like when it's not your business. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it lot is, more fun is. when it's not your yeah. business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're not sitting there going, well, how on earth do we do that? No. But it's also really crucial. I mean, I, I, um, again, Freelance Heroes, uh, they had their Freelance Heroes Day a couple of weeks ago and I spoke um, with um, a few people on the panel about the future of work and how yeah. freelancers, because I know, and I know, you know you classify yourself as a micro-business. I like that. Because yeah. I, I, that that says a lot to where you want to take it. Yeah. But call it what you will. Operating as a freelance or, or a micro business, supporting yeah. another business, we now need so many different unique niche skills to get to where we want to get to. Yeah. Even six years ago, I can remember, you know, marketing was just that one person in the room, the one person in the corner of the room that was like. They do. I do marketing, and they yeah. do everything. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. and then even job descriptions now are here. You know, it's like, crazy. Oh, isn't must it? have experience in copywriting, PR, running Google Ads, Facebook ads. Everything. It's like this person doesn't quite exist in the no. way you hope they do. And nor that, nor should they, because yeah. um, there needs to be a lot more respect around the individual aspects and the the micro niches of marketing. Yeah. And yeah. You know, how are you? How are you seeing that unfold? Are you when you're working with businesses, are you directly working with other suppliers to that business, or is, is do they try and maintain a separation? Uh, a bit of a, a bit of a mixture, and I, 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 I've and again, it took me time to work this out. When yeah. like I work best, I think I believe it's it's kind of when when I'm working with other marketers. Like if yeah. I, I've worked with like founders who are wearing all the hats, yeah. and that can work, but I work best when I'm working with a marketing manager or a director of marketing or yeah. a founder who's got a very strong marketing, you know, background, background presence and the rest of it because, and they sometimes have, like say, other suppliers doing other bits. Yeah. 
And especially when I'm working at scale with some clients in the you know in the tens of thousands of ad spend, it's like, yeah, I need to lean on your graphic designer. Yeah, I need yeah. to lean on your copywriter. I need to you know lean on you to go and get video made. Yeah, because if you, you can't do that without, I can't. I can't yeah. do it all. And if I try to do it all, no. I'm not. I could make a video, sure. <laughs> could I make a video that would be you know it catches the moment and gets the right market and yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, probably not. not that was that 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 there was the premise for the conversation around the importance of i don't need a videographer i need um for this particular project i need someone who specializes in like documentaries that can really get a message through spoken word there's a big difference between videographer and that person there and i think those micro niches are being found now. And I think it's really exciting for young people getting into business and new people getting into business to say, actually, look, I'm going to just keep narrowing and narrowing and narrowing my niche to yeah. enable me to then operate in this ecosystem of other people doing the similar things. And then people know, like you said, oh, you'll be ad guy. Oh, yeah, you know the Google ads, you know the Facebook ads. People know you for that that thing. Right. And Rather I was, than just, oh, here's James, he's a marketer. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I, I think that is, I, I, I came across this many years ago, this idea of being the, the T-shaped marketer. Right. So the picture of the, the letter T, um, and you've got kind of along the top, the crossbar, kind of a, a shallow knowledge in a lot of different areas. Nice, yes. And then you've got the deep T where you've got that deep knowledge in one area. Mm. And I think they make great managers. They make maybe great consultants where you can be like, yeah, I know a bit about email marketing, websites, yeah. landing pages. I'm going to smash this for you. But I'm gonna, I know paid, yeah, no, like really well. But I could advise you and tell you when you need to get some help on SEO or I could give you a bit of help and point you in the right direction. Yeah. Paid stuff, yeah, that's where I've got that deep. Do you think knowledge. that's a, a lesson for people wanting to get into marketing, especially off the back of the pandemic? So many people are starting up on their own. Yeah, <coughs> We've seen a record number of micro-businesses being registered like it's yeah. crazy. Um, th that's a good message for them to look at that and look at that as a model and say, right, well, right now you might just be, a, you might either be the line, the, the stem of the T, yeah. or you might just be that landscape view, and which yeah. is great. Because you might have been a marketing manager once, and yeah. therefore you had to be like that. Yeah. Well, if you're going to start up on your own, would you say, especially in your field, find that rabbit hole? That that niche, that <laughs> rabbit hole, and I mean, there are points like when you start your business, like you may want to present yourself as, "Yep, I am the ads person," but sometimes you just need to get money in the door. Yeah. And you will build a website for someone, or you will help them with something else. But it doesn't mean you can't present yourself as the ads person or the, yeah. or the PR person, but pitch in with other stuff. And you get the halo effect, right? Of, yeah. of you want First point of call is get the conversation. So you might have a conversation about, this is the whole, um, uh, the, it's known as a tactic, but I hate the word sales tactics, um, but it's a, it's a bait and switch. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. in the Even nicest possible way. I know exactly. Your reaction is exactly the the point yeah. why I hate using these terms. I need to find new ones. Um, but that's what it is, right? Yeah. It's saying, well, you come to me for ads, but I've noticed this thing over here. And hey, have you thought about getting some fresh design done over? You know, and, and yeah. then you can refer. And and that that kind of leads me into a conversation around network. And you know, like we 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 kind of lent on it a little bit with the, how you've embedded yourself in these communities like the marketing meetup and shifty to say right well i am in this community how for my sanity mostly yeah and that, <laughs> well, that was my question really is exactly that is what role has network played in your life since being a, becoming a business owner so obviously you had your network and i remember working in cambridge it's a bubble I remember being on that science park. I, th we, well, I wasn't in Cambridge. I was in the bubble of the science park that is in Cambridge. Yeah. And that's my network. It doesn't go much further than that, which is quite a nice network to have because you know, it's good to have friends in all these powerful companies. But when I started my own business, now I've, I've met so many weird and wonderful people. It's just completely opened my eyes to different aspects of life beyond yeah. belief. What role has network played in your life as a business owner now? It's, it's given me that, like, I, I think I thrived on that being in an office and around people more than I realized right. when I went to work from home. And I, and I got that to some extent working remotely, and I made some great 
friendships and work relationships with people who are all over the world. And it is possible to, to do that with people you don't, you don't meet in person. Yeah. But when you go out on your own, it's like it's you and your clients. And again, you can have great relationships with your clients and they can you know, fill a lot of your day yeah. with joy. But there's something extra about having a community, having meeting individuals who are supportive and spending time with them, yeah. leaning on each other. I probably still don't do it en- en- enough. But when I do do it, I come out of those calls, those hour and a half talking to people like Baz or whoever, yeah. and it's like... It felt nice. Felt, it gives you that, that energy and that, like, yeah, I just got to talk marketing for, uh, and business with a yeah. fellow equal for an hour and a half and we supported each other and all the rest of it. And it's Shared cool. a pain, you shared a gains. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't think you find that as easily... No. Without being in com- communities to, to, to come across those those like paying people with with those goals, right. not with yeah. those goals to. So you got any got any leads? Yeah, you got, you got any oh, got any work? Yeah. The BIN approach. Apparently, that's what I hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is interesting. So you know, it's um, the alternative. So work life balance lends to corporate world work-life blend lends to being a business owner. So this is where, you know, I, I, the contributors especially in Shifties, and I thank you for being one of them, I see you as friends. Like if I, if I didn't, if I stopped doing business today yeah, and I saw you in a year from now, I'd still want to have a coffee and catch up. Yeah. And I think you know, that for me is, is a crucial part of this because it's, so, it's a lonely process. Starting a business sucks. It's, it's chaotic and scary and crazy and exciting and uh, uh, you know it is a roller coaster. I was explaining this to one of my members of staff earlier this morning at the meeting that where she had worked in small businesses before. Well, small business is very different to startup, yeah, because small business tends to be and you're shielded. Quite, yeah, you're shielded. Exactly. when it's your business. Yeah. You you take it all yeah. the roller coaster. When you work in a small business or a micro business, and it's you can see it happening, you can react differently to that. You you aren't thinking about oh, if we sign up to this five year fiber broadband and commit ourselves to five hundred quid a month, mm. how does that affect me? It doesn't affect me personally as an employee. No. As a business owner, you're like damn it, I'm making a five year commitment to this. Yeah. Yeah, if it goes wrong, then I've got them liable for all of that, you yeah. know. Or yeah. equally, the smarter business owners who are grow- in a growth stage go, well, yeah, we need that right now. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to keep hitting the same roadblocks. Do it. Yeah. Because they can see that bigger picture and all the rest of it. And it's so different when you're making decisions for yourself. But how do you find that? How do you find? How have you found that switch? Because you, you got you. You were entrepreneurial. I think we've established uh, yeah. you're definitely an entrepreneurial mindset. Anyway, you had that from yeah, a young age. And I'm doing that at my pace. Yeah. Um. But damn your gut is. Um. I I've looked back over the last two years and gone. Yeah, you saw that coming with your gut, but you didn't do anything about it with your head. With your head. <laughs> your head said, "That's ah, fine. Do it this way." But your gut was telling you. Do it the other way. Yeah. And yeah, I think I've tuned in my listening to my gut okay, a bit cool. more. No, I, was, cool. I was taking on a client last week and I'm like, okay, we need to get this launch, this launch really quickly for a campaign. We're going to need a landing page. Okay, you've got a WordPress website. We could just try and get something on your WordPress website. And I'm, my gut is going, yeah, but who has access to that? Do they have a web developer? Are we going to get access? Are the pages mm. going to be fast enough? What templates do they have? I was like, my gut was saying, use landing page software. Mm-hmm. Use use Unbounce, lead pages. Use use dedicated landing page software. The other campaigns you've run using landing page software work. Yeah. And I was sat there going to him, I'm 50-50 on using WordPress or, or landing page software. And then my gut kind of spoke to me. And I listened to it this time. I was like, nope, we are going to, I'll set you up landing page software. It's, I'm, I'm just going to, we're doing it nice, that way. Nice. And it, it takes time yeah. to listen to, to truly like I get intuition listen to your gut I think I think when you're an expert in your field or you've done things for a long time you sometimes you have it yeah. and I think the people who listen to it it's it's a benefit to to really oh for sure 
for sure. It tells you everything. It's yeah. just, it is. It tells you. It it doesn't tell you specifically, no. but it gives you signs. So so on that, how do you? What are you doing for you to listen to you and and then have those conversations with yourself? Are you are you consciously practicing? Any kind of well-being methods that, that support you better understanding who you are and how you react to things? Not consistently, no. <laughs> I've try, I tried a bit of meditation. Yeah. I guess at the moment I'm trying um, like reading before I start work. I've nice. done that for the last week or so. Oh, nice. With, uh, one of the shifties books I got. With oh, my, very nice. With my yeah, cool. I've got another one coming next month. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'll finish this one first. <laughs> but yeah, I think... Like sitting at my desk, I'm, like, I'm going to read a couple of pages of this. Yeah. Just get myself in the zone before I start work. Nice. Especially if you've come from, if you work, people working at home, they've got families around, you've got mm. that context switching. Like, yeah, you, need like to, you need that. Yeah, you I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to sit and read this, be inspired for a page and a half. And now, now let's go. Let's work. That's um, working for you. It seems to be at the moment. I'm giving it a try. Mm. Um, I might switch to audio books again. Yeah, was, I can't that, read, man. I struggle. I really struggle. I have to listen. I'm a listener. I I'm, take notes while I listen. Uh, yeah, it's quite yeah, a nice little clip. Yeah. Or listen to audio books while I'm walking, running, or driving. Yeah. Because then there's something around association with trees. Oh, I saw that tree, and it reminded me of what Priestley said. Yeah, yeah. There's something in that. I think when you're walking, is quite nice. Yeah, that whole kind of memory map kind of. Yeah, I don't know if the science is behind it, but there's yeah. something in it. I don't know. Well, I, I I don't read many books, but when I do, they're they're kind of well chosen. And then when I look back and you can see the crinkled spine, yeah, I got to the end of that book. Nice. You know, but for an, for for a, a, a normal air quotes reader, yeah. you know, okay, you may read a novel <coughs> every week and you're crinkling all these books up, and that's just normal for you. But when I look at a book and yeah, I did that. Richard Branson's autobiography. That's quite a big that, one. That's an inch and a half thick. Yeah, that's a biggie. And that's crinkled all the way down the spine. I did that. Mm. You know, it's and and for being dyslexic, that's yeah. a big. That's actually a massive achievement. Yeah, yeah. No idea how long it took me to do it and when I did it. Who cares? But, but I, I but you must did have it. done it. because yeah. <laughs> see the crinkles. I can see the crinkles. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I'm not just looking back with a hazy memory of my youth, going, "Did I read that? Did I not?" No, I definitely someone read it, and nice. it was me. It was nice. my book. So with with that said, then so just just to kind of find kind of come to the end of this conversation here, I want to make sure that we're leading. I, I personally think we need more. We need more James Humes in our community. We need more digital marketers getting into the community, and and whether that means starting in business and moving in, or or adapting what they're doing to do more of it, because we know. The demand is going to be huge. It's going to keep rising. We we want to see good practice um, yeah. happening. So, to advice to someone who wants to get into that industry, what would you? And, and obviously, we've you've already mentioned the breadth of different niches that you can get into. What advice would you give to someone wanting to get into that industry and do what you're doing now? So, when I look back to when I've hired juniors in the past. The thing that really stood out for me was the people who had played around with their own money and tried things. The, yeah. You know, the, the people who had run ad campaigns for their local sports te- team to, okay, try yeah, and, nice. to try and get, you know, to run, oh, yeah, I spent 50 pounds on Facebook ads for my local sports team to try and get achieve X, Y, Z. Like, yep, you're keen. Mm. Yep. Or, oh, yeah, I run my own blog. I write about X, Y, Z. To try the, things. The try things. The barriers are non-existent. Yeah. And yeah. and if you're trying things, that, that stands out. Whether you want to, to pursue that and work for yourself or go and work in an organization as a junior or as a whatever. Yeah, still going to go down an, well. An exec, it, it stands out. Cause yeah. Is that the best way of learning? Like, with what you do, obviously, I've got a reasonable knowledge of marketing and digital marketing. Reasonable. But... From my okay, as a as a, a client, as someone who would pay for someone like yourself's services, I measure your. I don't care what certificates you have, quite frankly. I don't care if you're a Google partner. That just says to me that you spend a lot of money with Google. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's your experience, and that's what you're saying here. Yeah. Is look, 
try things. You can start getting that experience yeah. immediately. You don't have to be employed. You don't have to be going air quotes, I am self-employed and running. Right. You can start giving yourself that experience yeah. today, tomorrow. You can build a website. You can run a little ad campaign. Yeah. You can run a social media account to raise awareness for an issue. Yeah. It's just do it. Because you can, and it's... You're, you're that's where the lessons are. That's where lessons are, and that's where you can go to people and say, even if you went to try and get your first client, and you said, you are potentially my first client, but I have done this, 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 this for this cause, or this for myself, I've tried this, and I think I can help you. Love that. Love that. That's great advice. That's great advice. Yeah, just, just get shift done, basically. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Awesome, James. Look, I've, I, I could speak to you for hours, mate. It's, a, it's such a pleasure getting to know a bit more about yeah. you as well and where you've come from. Um, how can people connect with you? Uh, yeah, um, so I'm on jameshume.net, um, also LinkedIn, search uh, James Hume. Uh, that's where I hang out most. Yeah. Um, what about your podcast? Are you, you going to want to plug the podcast now? So the pod- podcast is, is it's called Paid Digital Um you might find that if you search for it. If not, there's probably links on my website to go and listen back to, to some of those episodes around where do you spend your ad money? Should you be spending internationally? And nice. just trying to answer those kind of questions. Awesome. Well, we'll include them on in all the show notes. Please do. Yeah, yeah. Thank awesome. You. Thank you very much. And thank you for all your support. You're very welcome. I, I mean, yeah, I want to get shit done too. Yeah, nice, man. Cheers, bro. Thanks for listening to Shifty's podcast. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. A big thank you to our guest. Uh, please do drop them a follow. Go check out their socials. They're always open to connect with new people. So if you want to connect with that person, understand a bit more about them, um, follow their journey, then please do. And get a bit more insight into how they're operating in the world of entrepreneurship. Please do not forget to hit subscribe, follow, share this episode if you think it's interesting to your network. And don't forget also to sign up to www.shifties.co.uk where you can join a wonderful group of entrepreneurs all connecting, learning and growing through the journey of entrepreneurship. Thank you for listening.